Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Hello and welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this Monday night. Let me tell you how you can always find us and listen to our live programs and archived episodes. You can always dial 515-605-9375 during any live program to listen by phone. You can also listen at blogtalkusa.com or you can listen at blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. Also, if you don't catch our episodes live, you can always download the podcast on iTunes, Apple Radio, Stitcher, pretty much any place you can find podcasts, you can find our podcast. However you're finding us, we thank you so much for doing that and for sharing our information on social media. We certainly appreciate it, and we appreciate you. Okay, let's not delay any further. I know we have some guests tonight, so here is your host for Marvelous Monday, who is just returning from an exciting trip. So, Dr. Shirley McKellar, welcome. Good evening. Good evening, Ms. Rihanna. And yes, you are absolutely correct. We just returned from one of the most exciting trips that I've had for a very long time. But I want to start out by welcoming all of our listeners once again to Marvelous Monday. It is always a pleasure to be right back here every single Monday because every single Monday is absolutely marvelous. So how are you doing, Ms. Rihanna? She take off before we can get going, <laughs> Miss Rihanna. She probably has me on mute right now, but uh, at any rate, I want to welcome <laughs> my, all of my you. earpiece <laughs> fell out. I'm so sorry. I'm back now. <laughs> oh, okay. You're, 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 are you riled up and ready to go right now? I tell you because there's, oh. there's some exciting <laughs> things going on right now in this country all over oh, the yeah. place. Boy, I tell you, I have to, I have to work really hard to keep up with what's going on, Miss Rihanna. But, yes, we have an amazing time. We're going to have some guests to come on and talk about their experience uh, to Selma, Alabama. It was an exciting trip, and we Mm. so thank those great bus drivers that we had to get us down there safely and back safely. Thank God for an amazing trip. So we'll talk about that in the the other part of our uh, show, but uh, but we're ready to kick off right now, and I believe – one of my dear friends uh, all the way from out there in Wisconsin that's going to be on with us tonight, and she's bringing a very special guest on with us. And so we welcome her. That's my friend, Lady Jean Russo. Miss Jean, are you there? If you are, press I one. am. Yes. Hello. Yes, I hello. am. Hello. 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 Welcome I'm, to I'm Mommy's Monday. Thank you so, Thank you. so much for having us. Absolutely. Yes. This is well, I, um, I an exciting time. Yes, ma'am. This is an exciting time. And, and I'm very excited to have you on uh, as one of our special guests and to bring an amazing guest on with you. But first, let's open up by 
uh, sharing with our audience from around the nation a little bit about you and what you do, and then we'll have you to introduce our special guests for the evening. And Ms. Rihanna, uh, which is our co-host, which is our engineer, uh, Ms. Rihanna, meet Ms. Jean Rousseff. Hello, Welcome. it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, thank you. Likewise. Yes. Yeah. So, Ms. Rihanna, actually, Ms. Jean is out there in Kentucky. So, uh, we have oh, people wonderful. from everywhere. Yes, yes. Hi, is. Rihanna. Oh, Hello. And Mr. Arthur, another one of our co-hosts. Mr. Arthur, oh, was that, no, was that Bishop? Uh, was that no, it's <laughs> Mr. Arthur? Arthur. No, it's me. Mm-hmm. Mr. Arthur, yes, yes. Okay, Mr. Arthur, introduce yourself. Uh, and let let Miss Jean know where you're calling in from, where you're located, which is another one of our co-hosts, Miss Jean. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Arthur Fleming, NAACP Dallas. Uh, I'm I'm active here in the community. Matter of fact, Joe Joe Biden's going to be in town tomorrow, so I'll probably go to this yes. rally and sit it. Yes, yes, we mm-hmm. we heard that on, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of those things that are going on politically. And all of the people that showed up to us down there in Selma, we're going to get to that part. But we we, we want to get to Miss Jean first, and I want her to let everybody know uh, what she does and how I'm connected to her organization. And then she's going to bring in our special guest for the mm-hmm. evening. So go ahead, Miss Jean. It's all on you. Okay, thank you so, so very much. And I want to uh, say hello, a special hello to Mr. Arthur and Ms. Rihanna, too, for all that you do in the community and to support Dr. Shirley McCuller. And it's the behind the scenes. And I think I'll begin by just sharing with you the mantra that I have is it's about people make a difference and be a difference. And that's just exactly what my corporations are. It's speaking of success incorporated. And I have so many fabulous people that their stories are bar none. And they are just a wealth of knowledge. They have so many messages that change lives. And I think the passion that I had when I worked in the corporate world with meeting and event planning in the pharmaceutical industries, it just carried over. So when I took early retirement after 25 years, I decided to continue, but this time with the speaker end of it, so that people could embrace the different levels and platforms that change lives because our life experiences make us who we are. And we really, really lead by example so many times without even knowing it. It's not what we say, it's what we do. And I felt that I am the voice behind getting these people in front of the nation and the world because it is a global issue about being able to touch people's lives, whether it's anti-bullying or empowerment. Or looking at this evening, we are going to be touching on uh, the millennials. They are our future. And I don't want to take time for me because it's not about me. It's about others. And so I would love, love, love to introduce to you Ariana Fox, who is a fantastic 
role model for the young entrepreneur, the girlpreneur, as we call her. Um, she has two fabulous parents, Mike and Trisha Fox, and Ariana, Ariana is from Delaware. And she is going to share with you so much in a very short amount of time. She talks fast, so you're going to have to listen closely. Um, she is such a ball of fire, and she is a three-time author, and her career as a writer began at the age of six. And these are published books, and she has a story to tell, and I'm going to let her go ahead and say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much, Miss Ariana. It's great to be able to speak with you again. And let me just tell everybody out there listening that when I grow up, Miss Ariana, I want to be just like you. Because <laughs> <once> you <guys laughs> thank you. Yes, once you hear her age, you just heard Miss Jean says that she is a three-time author, and she started at the age of six. She's a girlpreneur. An entrepreneur, as we recognize that term, but with her being a girl, she's a girlpreneur. So <laughs> this young lady is amazing, and I, I want all of the young folk, all of those listeners that are out there, grab your children and let them – and put your phone on mute. Don't forget to do that because while she's speaking, we're going to mute out and listen to her. But I want the young folk to hear this amazing young lady. Her parents have done amazing work with her. So go ahead, Miss Ariana, and let us know what you want us to know about you, and I'm going to mute my own phone. Thank you, ma'am, for being on with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I am a girl entrepreneur, as you uh, so adequately put it, and um, I'm also a double-published author um, and a motivational speaker, uh, actress, and voiceover talent. Um, and um, with the double-published author part, I have two books out, one being a children's book called The Princess Chronicles, and it is a um, book about these princesses who are learning kindness, friendship, forgiveness, and all those important qualities. Um, and teamwork and trust. Um, and then False Awakening, which is a sci-fi novel um, for teens, uh, tweens, young adults, adults. Um, basically, it's about a man who is traveling within a dream, within a dream, within a dream, and um, is confronted with conflict, doesn't know whether he's in the dream world or reality, and fights an evil tyrant wanting power to control not just the nation, but the world. So join the rebellion as they journey through multiple realities, travel through mind-bending dreams, encounter close calls, twists and turns, and experience false awakenings. So those are my books, and that's what I do. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so amazing. Now, I, I want you, Miss Rihanna, to just share, uh, Ariana, uh, I'm sorry, your, your name actually is really similar to my daughter's name, Miss Rihanna. So Miss Rihanna. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. But I, I want you to let them know what your ripe old age is. That, that's very important for us to get that out there. Go ahead and tell us. Uh, I am 13 years old. <laughs> A live teenager in her natural habitat. <laughs> wow. So I'm sorry. I, I don't normally tell your age, but tell me again now. Say that one more time. How old are you? 13. 13. Uh, I want every round of applause, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. High five. High five. Everybody, yes. You go, girl. Applause. 
this young lady is amazing. What else do you want us to know about you and the work and, and how you got to uh, become a girlpreneur, uh, how you got into writing, what was going on with you that made you sit down at your desk and say, I need to write a story. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. That's definitely a great question. And um, so when I was young, I always had two passions, one of which was to, um, to motivate and inspire others, and the other was to write. I wanted to be an author. I always knew that. But the only problem was I wanted to be an author when I grew up, not just an author. And so I told my parents this, and their reply was, why wait? Why not start now? Why wait until you're, until you're grown up? And that inspired me so, 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 so much. That, and it taught me that I didn't have to wait until I grew up to succeed or to become um, successful or to motivate or inspire others or to write. And so then years later, that culminated into, um, with that passion to inspire others, um, again, my parents' amazing idea um, to become a motivational speaker. And I immediately said, yes, absolutely. And now we are seeking, and I am seeking, uh, actively seeking opportunities um, to inspire, motivate, and empower others uh, through speaking events and engagements. So that's pretty much how I got to where I am now. Ariana, wow. do you want to share? This is this is Miss Jean. Do you want to share um, some of the uh, wonderful awards and platforms that you've been given opportunities? Um, your recent magazine article, and she was just last week on the iHeart Radio and did an interview with the. Um, with the iHeartRadio. So I'll let you share with, about your experience there. And Absolutely. Yes, so, Miss um, Rihanna, Ariana, before you do that, before you do that, because I have young folks that are listening. So that's why, Ariana, I say to people every single day when they say uh, our children are our future, no, our children are right now. They're, you are um, present. That's so true. Because you're 13, and you are already an author. And so I just commend you. And then now you're on radio stations all over the nation and the world because our our station broadcasts, we, we have listeners everywhere. So for you to be able to already be on radio, already a motivational speaker, that's why I say I want to be just like you when I <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so go ahead and share your experience on iHeartRadio. Um, so uh, I think Jean's question was about different um, things and awards and such. So um, recently, I, uh, as Jean said, um, I was featured and was interviewed on iHeartRadio by Courtney Lane. And um, in addition to an interview, uh, it was put into an article. And um, so that was awesome. Also recently, I have, I've had three other articles on me, um, one of which being from Teenager Startups and um, basically covering me and the, the success story and my family. Um, and then for the other two, it was from um, the Teen Magazine. And one was uh, the same thing of covering me, the family and success story. And then the other was actually uh, an author feature that had to do with False Awakening and the Princess Chronicles. So those were some recent features. And then also uh, in the past, I have won the uh, prestigious DPA uh, award, as well as the Auchins 
Ati Women's Award. Um, and youth for Youth on the Rise, yes, thank you. Uh, for Youth on the Rise, and then um, see, I've, I've, oh, and the and, N. Let me let me try to remember this acronym here. It's National Federation of Press Women, so NFPW um, award, and um, which is yeah, that's a as as the it says in the title, it's a it's a national award. And then um, I've sp- I've spoken at many different locations and venues. My recent my most recent speaking event has been at a. Uh, um, a high school to over 600 students in here locally wow. in Delaware. So, and oh yes, and um, as my mommy pointed out, um, <laughs> I have been um, the two times in a row for 2018. I was the uh, panel. No, sorry, video spokes spokesperson and keynote speaker for the 2008 and uh, interviewer of the governor for the 2018 Girls Day, which was sponsored by Microsoft and Dell and is actually a kind of a national worldwide event. Um, and then in 2019, um, I was, I was, there again as the panel facilitator and video spokesperson and again the interviewer of the governor. Well, we can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I see that. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're going to see if we can we can afford to get you down this way because I'd love to see more of our young students hear your story. I don't know if you're familiar with Haley Slitz or not. Uh, she's in law school now. She's uh, actually at, at Southern Methodist University. She's 16. And so you remind me so much of her. And we just have to feature you in the presence of, of some of our other young students. I'm sure that you would be a source of so much motivation and inspiration for, to some of the other young girls and guys all across the nation. So Absolutely, now, yes. Yes. Uh, Miss Jean, uh, you, if you want to go ahead and take this interview and interview Ariana, I will sit back and listen uh, to what you'd like to have us know more about uh, Ariana Fox. Go ahead, Miss Jean. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so, so much. <laughs> we just want to make sure that the Ariana, your, your ability to write, you had to have the – need and the willingness to learn early on. Could you share a, a little bit about the reading part of it, how you began or, or at what age do you recall or mom and dad you could step in because reading is so, so important. And I think that's one of the areas that we need to um, share with our children. Absolutely. And as you may have commonly heard, uh, leaders are readers. That is one of the most common um, uh, phrases about reading, and it is so incredibly true. Um, and so, yeah, for, for me, it was actually really interesting, my, my journey of how, how I started reading. And I am an avid reader now, and I love it. But um, I originally started simply writing just because I loved it, and it was my passion. But as I, as I continued on, I wasn't actually, surprisingly, I wasn't really into reading much. But um, actually, just recently, I discovered a book, and if any of you uh, out, mystery fans out there, uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, um, but I recently discovered a book that I just absolutely fell in love with. And the reason why I realized that the reason why I wasn't really into reading was simply because I hadn't found a book that I had loved yet. 
And I think that that, that that is true for a lot of people, that if they, they, they think they don't like reading because they're forced to read stuff for school or they're forced to read stuff they, they don't like to, but it's simply, you know, find out, you know, read different things and, and you might find one that you, you know, absolutely love. And, and like I said, you know, reading is absolutely important. And uh, to quote Jim Ron or Rowan, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but um, he said, reading is essential for those who seek to rise above the ordinary. And I really really, really believe that with the reading programs that um, we are be, we're starting and doing, um, it will be definitely impacting teens and people's lives. We also did uh, read um, with her even from very, very early age. In fact, it is interesting because uh, when even when I was uh, pregnant with her, um, I used to read her oh, yeah. to her when oh, she was so in her tummy. There was a there was a book called Daddy, I Love You, and when um, and when um, when Mike used to have to go to work, I would read to her when she was in uh, the tummy the Daddy, I Love You book. Yeah, we we used oh, that's, to. So, mom, I'm so glad that you came on. First of all, greetings uh, to you and dad, and I want to say to you that we're just so proud. You have done amazing work with this young lady, and so we want to be able to get all of the information possible out there. Yes, it's very common for for us to when we are carrying the child in, in our wounds that we will read to them. But but tell us more about how you may have been able to inspire this young lady because she just said she didn't really like reading at the beginning, but she said something very crucial. She said, I found some books that I enjoyed reading, not just so much as just homework, but but just fun books that can motivate uh, her. So that one of my questions is what advice can she give to our other young students to motivate them to want to read more aside from the fact of finding a book that they really enjoy because we know how important it is for them to be able to read uh, their homework. Well, she, she, uh, from a, from a young, from a, a a tiny little toddler, (laughs) she was an, she was an amazing speller. So that that I I truly believe that was a launching pad for her brain. Um, So at eight, for for example, and I I say this to everybody, but at at age six and a half, she knew how to spell anti-disestablishmentarianism. Oh, know. I remember that. She's like an she's like a little she's like an Aquila, you know, like Aquila and the Bee. And so it was funny because we saw that movie. You know, she's like a, a white version of Aquila. And so when we saw that when we saw that movie, the next day in the car, I'm just you know, we're driving. I'm like, Ari, spell prestidigitation. You know, and she's like P R E S T, and I'm like, what? And so you know, we knew we had a, a brainiac on our hands. And so, but that was like the launching pad for her reading for her skills and from then on it was just a it was it was a no-brainer pun intended you know um that you know she can spell and and comprehend you know like a a adult level reading comprehension so she's also homeschooled and so like with being homeschooled one of the benefits that we've uh found is that we've really been able to tailor uh things that she's learning to like her actual skills and what she's interested in. So we, we tailor a lot of that and we've been able to add in a lot of extra writing things and things like that, that she really enjoys. And, and like, like she said, she's, she's searched out different books. She's read different books and found different things and, and just like really finding something that she's really excited about. And we encourage her and what she's like excited about learning about or passionate passionate about. Yeah. Wonderful. Who's your favorite author? Uh, Ariana. My, my favorite author? Ariana. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, so my favorite author is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, who is the author of Sherlock Holmes and uh, all yes. of the books, the canon books. Um, and the reason why is because I feel that there's just some sort of, of special specialty in, about old literature, old writing, sure. something that a lot sure. of people don't really do anymore in, in modern literature and writing, and that is adding lots of dimensions to their characters. For example, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, um, his main character is Sherlock Holmes. A lot of people think he's, right. uh, the book version is just this kind of 2D flat character that's just, he just solves mysteries. But really, if you actually read the books, you, you realize that he has times when he's sad, times that he's like, he's nervous or anxious or he can't can't figure something out. He's literally sprained his ankle, and I have no idea why that happened. But it, it added to realism, you know. And it's just things. Right. And I think that that is why I love uh, old literature, not just that book in general, but a lot of old literature because it, they they added this dimension that really, really needs to be added more in modern literature. Yeah, she, she's really yeah. found that out a lot through even through the homeschooling. That she most of the books that are her favorites in the classics. Uh, she yeah. even likes you know stuff from like C.S. Lewis, like the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, and yeah. Lord the rings yeah. and stuff like that. She uh, really 80 Days Around the World by um, Jules Verne. Yeah. Okay, so tell us what your day It's interesting because Haley Slitz, as I mentioned uh, to you early on, she, she too is homeschooled. She has a brother who's uh, already completed two years of college. He's like, I think, uh, 13 by now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> wow. yes, they, they're amazing and, and they too are homeschooled. But let me just tell you, little girl, I think you've been here before. You have to have lived here before. You're just brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But but tell tell me what else you like to do aside from reading. What what's what's fun for you? Uh, oh uh, man, I have a lot of things. Um, so number one, uh, I always will come first is writing, and not just for a career, but literally just for fun too. In fact, even duo writing with other people and stuff like that online, I love love doing that stuff. It's 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 not only a hobby for me, but a career, and not only a career but a hobby. Um, but yeah. but. Um, <laughs> That and then also um, music making. My both my daddy and I we uh, we do electronic dance music and we um, create that in, on the computer. Um, and then also um, voiceovers. My daddy and I do voiceovers all the time. Um, and then for fun, I guess you know just um, reading as well. And um, <laughs> I've been really getting into um, a little bit more of, of art and videography. That's actually some a okay, hobby that cool. I've been kind of getting into a little bit more. I got a camcorder and some really cool equipment, and I've been kind of getting into videoing a little bit more. Family, yes, family cosplay. My my family and I cosplay all the time. That's costume. Um, yeah, she sure. also uh, is a very very active person. If you haven't noticed, she's a she's very like a ball of energy, and so she's a very active person, and so she likes. A lot of physical stuff. Part of her day right. is what we call extreme, which would be like PE, where she just gets it all out okay. and does extreme, like just running around or doing whatever she can to get her energy out. Cool. Um, so, cool. and we we do stuff like try to do stuff physically together as a family, like all exercise time, together yeah. and stuff like that. And one of our favorite trips was actually to the Poconos in um, uh, oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, we actually yeah. did a three-and-a-half-hour treetop rope course where we went through obstacle courses and uh, Tarzan tree swings and all kinds of stuff, uh, like wow. that, and zip lines and everything. So. Movies, oh, my goodness. So, oh, my goodness. I, listen, you should be interviewing me and trying to find out from me how to pull things out of me, but you are just something else. I'm just <laughs> excited to have you 
uh, on this show because you're just an inspiration to not only just uh, young children, you have to be, uh, but but to us as adults that are listening here. I know that some of uh, some of my colleagues on the show probably have some questions for you. Miss, I will start with Miss Rihanna, and uh, who is our engineer. Ms. Rihanna, I know that you probably have some questions for Ms. Ariana. Gee uh, whiz, she's just uh, something else. That's all I can say. And uh, we're going we're gonna to hear about you later on down the line. But when Ms. Rihanna finishes up and then uh, Mr. Arthur may have a question or so, and then I want, I want to talk a little bit to you about the political process and what's going on in the country and how you can guide and direct us on what we need to do in order to get where we need to be in this country to make sure that equality happens for all mankind. Uh, go ahead, Miss Rihanna, and ask uh, Miss Ariana any questions that you have of her. Well, you know, I I don't I don't know that I have any questions so much as I want to say um, first to you, um, Ariana. I'm incredibly proud of you. Uh, I'm so hopeful because, you know, I, I, of course, I'm biased. I look at my own kids and I feel hopeful for the future, but uh, my hope has just soared (laughs) because I now know that young people like you are out there. Um, That's right. I I just, I'm, I am proud as a woman and I'm, I'm proud as a, you know, part of this older generation that um, maybe maybe some of us have done some things right, but I'll say to your parents, you guys have absolutely done oh, my so goodness. many things right. And I'm, yeah. I'm incredibly yeah. proud of you all as well. I mean, just, yeah. um, thank you. It's an, I mean, it's an investment. Oh, absolutely. You know. <laughs> an investment, yes. Thank you. And thank you. I mean, this is, you know, this is how we make a better society by raising Genius, wonderful, beautiful yeah. kids like this. So I, I just, I love your family. I just love this. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Arthur. You You're have welcome. any questions of, of Miss Ariana? Yes, <clears throat> yes. First of all, I'll say, hey, hey Ariana. Uh, uh, you know, your parents have, of course, they're raising a, a, an amazing young lady. But the main thing I want to yeah. tell you, you is that you are not alone. Uh, you know, you're brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and now we yeah, have parents mm-hmm. like yours that can recognize it and in a position to actually develop you. Yeah, back in the day, you know, we had you, we, we had kids like you, but their parents didn't have the means to, you know, develop them. So I'm, mm-hmm. so, I'm uh, so happy that you're in that position. As, you know, to the parents, I had a question, though. Uh, of course, now she's 13 now. And, of course, you know, you, know, you guys are grown people. So you're growing, everybody's growing. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, so, so as she grow, uh, what are some of the things? I'm not gonna say difficulties, but what are some of the things, the pleasures that you're having as far as developing her into becoming, at some point, a woman, independent, so forth and so on. Well, I think one of the one of the things is that we just we constantly encourage her and and push her. As, uh, you know, it's like kids will learn as much as you encourage 
encourage them to learn. And if you keep uh, encouraging them and challenging them but giving them the challenges, as a parent you know best what, what your child can handle and what mm-hmm. not, they can't handle yet. And, and so giving them that, that in-between where it's like it's a challenge enough that it's exciting for them and they can keep learning and keep growing but not too easy. So so making that and always pushing them to the next level to like keep growing and to go in her passion and the way that you know she's she's needing to go kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that right. we like to say is that children stop learning when parents stop, stop teaching. teaching. Mm-hmm. And so. Amen. You know, so we, you know, teach up a way, you know, teach them in the way that they should go. So when they're old, they won't depart. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we've 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 invested our energy, our lives, you know, every, you know, our our lives, into mm-hmm. teaching her and guiding her, not pushing what we want, mm-hmm. but but pushing her in succeeding in whatever her passions are. You know, yeah. and I know, and I know this question was intended for the parents, but I just had to add that um, <laughs> that I am just I am so incredibly grateful for their incredible support and um, and that with everything, even when I was um, I was <laughs> just the other day I was um, looking at some of my some of my old writing from when I was really really young before I even probably before I even wanted to be an, an actual published author um, and. It was terrible. <laughs> Admittedly, it was terrible. But but I I remember I remember um vividly that when I actually had made it, I was very proud of it. And when I I I told it to my parents, they loved it. And it, I mean, it was terrible, but they loved it. And they supported <laughs> me, but they also helped me right. to grow. And instead of just saying, oh, this right. is, you know, amateur, but it's like awesome. They also said, you know, okay, here's what you can do to fix this a little bit. And then, and, and you know, this needs a little bit more, but this is amazing. And it, they just, they supported me and right. they helped me so much. And they also helped me to, like, like my mommy uh, used, grow and and helped me to develop my passion and skills even further. So all my skills I really have to, to give to my parents. But, but also it's a it's a it's a big a big part of it too is the is the work that Ariana puts into it though because mm. um, because we can do as much as we can but she really has to put in the work when she makes her speeches she writes her speeches herself and she she prepares for them and she memorizes for them and and all of that and she works on her book like so hard and when we were working with um, with uh, getting her book uh, published uh, she had to go literally chapter by chapter with a professional editor like on everything and so it, like she is the one that really really does have to do the work so we can support her as much as we can and as much as we're able to, but she really is the one that has to put in the work, even when she doesn't feel like it, or oh, yeah. when sometimes she feels like doing something else than she than she needs yeah. to do or whatever. But oh. she gets that work done. Even though we all cried, yeah. <laughs> we all we all suffered. Well, you you know something that I've I've picked up on just listening to you guys. You're amazing. Uh, I can see why uh, Miss Ariana has all of that energy because she has two very energetic parents. Let me ask you a question. Are you an only child, Ariana? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ariana, I just want to say as a fellow only child, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm an only child, too. So actually, my, too. my husband is yeah, we're all, we're all only children. <laughs> oh, my. And you're a mom and dad's only ch- only children as well? Yeah. Yep. 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 Wow. My, you know, and let me, I'll share this with you. My mother was an only child, and she said mm-hmm. children should not grow up by themselves. But I think that 
you guys who are, grew up by yourself are pretty amazing people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so my mother, you, my mother had seven you. children, and so she said that. Oh. Well, she, she had to have somebody to play with, and so she played around with her uh, her mother's uh, younger siblings. But she was she too was a brilliant woman. So I guess maybe all of the time and all the focus can go on into that one child. So yeah. Well, also not only that, but she, uh, we have had a uh, a home based business, and we've been a part of a lot of chambers and things like that. So from a sure. very young age, she's also been with us, meeting yeah. other business professionals, learning how um, yeah, other businesses uh, work and how they operate and things like that. And so she's she's just been around a lot of adults. But the great thing exactly. about the homeschool, though, is like a lot of people bring up about uh, socialization, but a lot of times mm-hmm. in um, in regular school, they only get to learn how to be uh, associated with people who are their same age or in their same right. grade. But Ariana, sure. she is like so social with everyone and she is, she's one of the most social people that you'll meet. But she'll be social oh, anyone from anyone from like an older person to down to the two year old at the train station at Barnes and Noble. So she'll be social with anyone. Yeah, even uh, she got she was able to uh have a um an honorable uh, an honored uh photograph and uh, and okay. interact with like one of uh, mm-hmm. the oldest award winners mm-hmm. yeah, who was yeah. a veteran, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a, a war veteran. Yeah, he uh, got he earned a Distinguished Flying Cross. and, and Oh, was, awesome. So she was, like, the youngest, and he, he was, was the, the oldest. oldest. So that was, was winning the award. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that was great. Oh, that's How cool. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, that is cool. I, just, well, I have to point out, Dr. McKellar, when we're yes, just to piggyback on this idea, you know, the how, you know, we're comparing – the only children, you know, maybe they get um, all the concentration and, you know, the socialization mm-hmm. uh, that we're sure. talking about. That I just have to give you all credit. This doesn't just happen by accident. This is a mm-hmm. real right. investment that you it made is, yeah. into your child yeah. and into your family. Mm-hmm. And this exactly. is not just for, you know, your benefit or for her benefit. Yeah. This is her. a true benefit to humanity to raise children Absolutely. this way. And to put this kind of time and energy and investment into your child. I mean, it's just so beautiful. One thing I I do think that is important, I guess, in a kind of an indirect way. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I like to recommend that y'all go make a couple of more. (laughs) (laughs) Just just like Mr. Ariana, right? (laughs) We need two more of those (laughs) (laughs) You were about to That's what what calling for (laughs) (laughs) Right (laughs) Now that you brought that that in uh, Mr. Arthur uh, Would you like to have had siblings? How does it feel to just be an only child? I mean, I always like to hear Okay, well, well, actually, to tell you the truth, I had the, the 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 best of both worlds. I was the only child, but my grandparents raised me. Oh, so, yeah. And, 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 and they had and they had twenty kids. Oh, <laughs> wow! So, oh, my so actually, so actually, I, I, I had the I had the only child for Tina. <laughs> Yeah. But I had to so share you, everything. You, you grew up with else. a village. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mr. Arthur, Mr. Arthur had a village, so that's that's, that's, that's amazing. But Miss Ariana, what? How do you feel? Do, just tell me what your your feelings are in regards to being an only child. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the only, literally, the only uh, 
the only sibling I've ever had has been our cat. And um, but no, I I really 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 love it. Um, especially because um, I get like like you mentioned, um, just you know more closeness with my amazing parents and um, more attention rather than them having to divvy out equally to this person and that person and this person. Um, just you know kind of put, putting uh, attention on each other and us as a family and stuff. And and uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it also really has helped I think in our in our particular circumstance because of our relationships we've actually really been able to um, to develop those relationships and even my husband and I we actually had two miscarriages before we had Ariana and um, both at like seven weeks and so but during that time we ended up being married for about six years before we ended up having Ariana and I think it really helped during that time just to like have us be closeness and have our marriage come first and Mm -hmm. and have us be close in a relationship and and all of that and then like bringing Ariana in and and so we've all had equal time and we kind of like try to make it equaled out so even when Mike has had to work at different times we would make sure that she had what they call daddy daughter date and once a week yeah. they would go out and they would have a, they they still do they have a daddy daughter date once a week where they just go out and do something together and or spend time in. together <laughs> or stay in sometimes yeah yeah but yeah sure. just developing that closeness okay. and relationship within the family One and we question. just had our 18th anniversary so Oh, congratulations. All right. Amen. Congratulations. Well, let me ask this one question, uh, Miss Ariana. What do you want to be when you really grow up? <laughs> um, actually, pretty much everything that I already am doing. Um, being an author, absolutely. That's the probably the number one thing I'll always say. The first thing is continuing writing. And, and by then, when I'm an adult, I'll probably have published several other books, and I'll be writing and working sure. on more. And and um, uh, probably the best advice I've ever gotten from my editor uh, that I'm going to continue to say to this day is that your, your last book will always be your best. So I hope that when yeah. I'm grown up, then I will be some pretty incredible author or something. <laughs> Thing. But oh, I'll be awesome. working on, you know, working on um, writing even better and stuff as I grow up. And, and of sure. course, yeah, I was, was going to say that. But, yeah, absolutely, speaking and um, and inspiring others mm-hmm. and impacting people's right. lives, absolutely. And then all the stuff, other Beautiful. stuff I'm doing, like acting and voiceovers and stuff like that. So where do you want to go to college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we um, – yeah, you can, you can no, answer that. <laughs> I don't think she's really decided to call it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're thinking. We're thinking. You're thinking? Okay. And, of course, your, your major will be writing and communications and those kinds of things? Absolutely, yeah. If I, you know, mm-hmm. if I had a major, it would definitely be in writing, language arts, and things like mm-hmm. that. In fact, right. um, Ever since I was younger, I've, that's, that has always been my favorite subject, has been language arts and writing. And the, one of the most mm-hmm. hilarious things I was just telling my, uh, my parents earlier today um, was that I, I was asking my parents, you know, what, what, uh, what thing do other people not really like to do that, that you love to do? And they're like, I don't know. What about you? And I, I said, mm-hmm. proofreading. It seems like so many people oh, do not wow. like to proofread, but that when, uh, when they would do proofreading um, things in subjects in, in homeschool, that was my favorite thing to do like ever that's actually wow. one of the reasons why she has a hard time with some books when she's reading because because she has this inner like proofreader in her instead of and so instead of enjoying like a lot of books just for the story that they are she notices every like punctuation mistake every spelling right, mistake. right. Yeah, that's why I guess, I, I as a designer and, and a video production person and you know as a creative yeah. professional you know i i, I, I 
that's the first thing I see yeah. is yeah. they should have used a different font. You know, they you know, that's not realistic. You should have used a different filter or something. You know, it's like, just enjoy the movie. Hey, Shirley. Hey, Shirley. Hey, Shirley. Hey, Shirley. Oh, go ahead. Yes, sir. Hey, sir. You know, just listen. Hey, look here. Look at just listen. <laughs> just listen to to this family, uh, the mom and the daughter. I get. I, look, I can't tell who's talking. I think that is a good sign. Yeah. Their voices are the same. Well, I'll try to make your last more cute or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I can see that you guys feed off of each other, and it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing just to listen. Uh, to your communication and how you, uh, as a matter of fact, all of we're interviewing all this whole family is what is, is mm-hmm. what we're doing, and it's just an amazing uh, interview. Tell me this, uh, Miss Ariana, do you do you keep a diary or do you keep a journal? Do you write down something about yourself every single day so that when we read this amazing book that you're going to write about yourself, that we'll know everything that has happened. Uh, with you during your beautiful lifetime. So I don't do a diary for um, writing anything about myself just because, um, but I, I do have other uh, journal things, and I do also, and I, am, I need to get back into doing it, but I actually have created a gratitude journal um, where um, usually every day I, I, uh, I try to write down what I'm grateful for and uh, my you know, success and family beautiful. and things like that, and I always try to do that. Beautiful. Yes, that's how Dr. McKellar, okay, I just want to share, um, especially with, with working and, and getting to know the Fox family um, as an outsider and an insider uh, to an extent, um, I, I really appreciate the three things that really stand out is their communication with one another, yes. the encouragement and empowerment, and lastly, the respect. Not only mm-hmm. does Ariana have respect for her parents, but it's really important for a parent to have respect for the child yeah. and recognize yeah. them and look yeah. at life through their eyes because mm-hmm. It isn't about talking down to your child. It is talking to your child and with your child because they are. Yeah, we we've that's so that's so on point because Mm -hmm. even even when it comes to uh, marriage and relationships, because relationships are in every fabric of our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and so of course, as you know, as a young lady, you know, we want to teach her. Uh, you know, respect and communication and how to communicate. Mm-hmm. So even with our own uh, communication between us as a marriage, you know, you know, Ari has seen us learn how to work through misunderstandings, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to know that misunderstandings are real, but that you work through mm-hmm. it and how to work through it, yeah. you know, so that way it's not just a, a, a pipe dream and, you know, things that aren't reality. Mm-hmm. But, and that's one of the biggest things about, you know, millennials mm-hmm. that Ari has a grasp on that so many don't is, is, uh, is the real things that take place in practicality, mm-hmm. you know, and in real life experience. So that's one of the things that we really, really wanted to try to help her through the process is to understand 
the reality of of how to be practical. Mm-hmm. You know, not just have a dream, but have a dream and, and how to it. achieve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, enforce that dream. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So with uh, communication, like um, like Jeannie said, that's so important, and we we all like make sure that we are open with each other and we share with each other and we don't yeah. hide things from each other mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and we try to be. They open on that level, and um, you know, like if we're feeling something or if something affected us a certain way, we'll open up and share it with each other, and we deal with things, and we get them out of the way, and we, like we deal with it and get it out of the way, so then it's not like just something that builds up and builds up and then explodes later on. Or we even <laughs> apologize to our daughter, no yeah, matter exactly. what, no matter how old she is, if we did something. If we were short with her, you know, or you know, uh, for her, or something, yeah. you know. A lot of parents don't don't yeah. apologize if they feel well. We're the parents, you know. We shouldn't have mm-hmm. to apologize yeah. to our daughter. Mm-hmm. No, yes, right. yeah, you, you know. Yeah. So you know, we right. show right. the respect, you know, yeah. in at that some, at some in that point way. in time, everybody has to apologize for something, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we all yeah. will, we all, all about, will like really practice on admitting when we're wrong, or yeah. you know, like if I had a bad attitude or something, I'll admit it. I'll say mm-hmm. like, sorry, you know, I had a bad attitude or something like that, and yeah, that really too. shows like. Uh, <laughs> She, that really shows, like, that you have humility, and it shows that it's not just mm-hmm. your child having to obey just because they're the child, but, like, that you right. all have respect for each other and you all exactly. communicate with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, still yeah. authority. But at the same uh, time, it's very exactly. clear. The boundaries are very, very clear in how you communicate just what we can hear, that you mm-hmm. are yeah. the parents. It's not an inappropriate we're friends. I mean, it's very exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah, it's very yeah, exactly. And very healthy. And, yeah, absolutely. And very Absolutely. respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Rihanna, I think not, you have a, a It's not um, much on the mushy side where it's like, oh, yeah, we're just, we're only, you know, best friends and we're not, you know, right. and there's, there's no authority right. here, but it's also not on the strict side where it's like, we're the parents and we'll tell you to do and you yeah, just do it no matter what right. kind of thing. You know, do as like, we say, right. not as exactly. we do. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, Miss Miss Ari, it's so important to listen to our kids, and I think that that's what people also are getting from this, that we forget to do, and that you all have obviously done a wonderful job on. Thank you. Because, yeah, when when parents listen to their kids, then their kids will listen to the parents. Mm Yeah, it also right. makes a, oh, it makes it easier for them to open up too. When yeah. when I was um yeah. in when I went to after I graduated high school, I actually went to um a nanny institute and I was a nanny for a while. And um but one of the the classes that we had to take was how to talk so kids will listen and how to listen so kids will talk. And if, yeah. if yeah. and especially pre-teenage or teenagers if they they talk and they open up to their parents and their parents are just too busy or it doesn't seem like they're listening to them, then they'll find another outlet to to talk That's to right. or somebody else yeah. a friend right. or another mentor or something yeah. that and they will they learn to not talk to their parents but when their parents are uh supportive and when they like encourage them and when they open they listen to them actually listen to them how they're feeling when they open up and stuff like that it makes a huge difference it's all That's about right. relationships That's mm-hmm. right. okay yeah. well thank you guys so very very much miss rihanna i think you uh, were you able to ask that last question that you wanted to ask uh, oh miss ariana I and then did. we're going to get let her have the final okay great a final comment uh, on the um, on her interview before we move over to the second half of of our show, uh, Miss Ariana. It is just I thank Miss Jean so much for bringing you on and introducing you uh, to Marvelous Monday and all of the listeners out there. And we purposefully have young folk tuning in to listen to your story so that you could be able to motivate them to even go go further uh, than what they're doing right now. So um, thank you, so finally, Dr. Yes, McKellar. Thank you. Yes, thank you ahead. very much. Yes. 
No, I just want to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I wanted you to, to give us a snippet about you and your program and, and how you promote uh, Miss Ariana and how you're promoting uh, me for being a part of your organization as well. So tell us a little bit more about your program, and then we'll hear our final comments uh, from uh, Miss Ariana, and then we'll move over to the second half of our program. And, and you're, you're all absolutely welcome to stick. Oh, thank you very much. Well, with, with the, the speaking of success that we have, an opportunity is to engage and provide at various events, no matter what your organization, association, if it is a school, and you are needing someone for a commencement or a career day, she would be a wonderful, wonderful motivation and inspirational speaker because I think kids need to hear from kids and they yes. that's on their level and they look up to them. And so her her message speaks volumes. But in addition, the opportunity to, with, with Dr. McKellar, it was uh, such a blessing to have met her. And with her um, marvelous competencies, skills, knowledge, and experience in the real world, with being uh, um, a, a retired and, and, and um, your, your veteran, your service to the country, the military service, it speaks volumes, and it is just an opportunity once more to let them know that they are not forgotten, to let you know that we appreciate what you did, and it still is alive, and we don't want them to know that we're putting them aside in any way. Your homeless program, that is so, so important I saw all the platforms that you had, and you needed a vehicle to reach out to the people to let them know. And speaking of success is the one way to do that. We will be going on a, a touring at various cities, but also in Dallas in the very near future. And we will be having an opportunity to have an event, a three-day event with various uh, platforms that is so important to the social um, issues that are happening so that people know that it is about people making a difference. And no matter what your age, what you do, everything in gratitude and the be kind, be nice to, to one another, it does not take yeah. much, just a smile. Yeah. But yeah. the story... Uh, that you have, that your life experiences, being on the board of directors of the Susan G. Coleman. I mean, people don't know, they don't know what they don't know about you. And and <laughs> your ability to reach out and and to have a message that changes a life, that's what that's what I love to do. I'm, I'm the behind the scenes, and it's all about you. It's all about my speakers. And Ariana and her mom and dad are, are definitely in the forefront leading the way with what they're doing, but there's something more I can do. So it's getting the word out. If you go to speakingofsuccessinc at gmail.com, and send me a note. That's all I need to do is have your name and, and a way to contact you. 
and we can move forward with with whether it's an anti-bullying issue. We have the war guardians. Um, and one of my speakers, another military veteran, and Dr. McKellar, you you have just led the way with with what you're doing in going for the U.S. Congress and and your political stance, but you are about people, and that is what touches the hearts, and that's what this country needs is the ability to just know that everyone has a voice and everyone needs to recognize the abilities, not just those with with the ability to do things a certain way, but those with disabilities need to be heard. And those are the individuals that I have as my speakers on a wonderful, wonderful opportunity with people that are deaf with people. I have CJ Jones, who is an award winning actor he is deaf, and he is right now in the process of produce um, in production with uh, the Avatar sequels. And and there's just so many people that can do things and are doing them, but in different ways. Um, I have I have the opportunity to be blessed with a lot of these people. My website will be up shortly. And you okay. will be able to go to it. And when that does come up and launch, I will provide it to you, Dr. McKellar, so that we can get the word out. We'll there will be there. Facebook and watch LinkedIn, and I'll be able to um, get our social media experts and Ariana and her mom and dad, and we are going to put everything okay. forward. Okay. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you. And Ms. Ariana, we will give you the final comments of anything that you want us to know or you want those listening audience out there to know about you and how they can encourage, even, even the adults, how they can encourage their own young children to get to the level where you have at such a very, very young age. We so appreciate you. Go right ahead and have your final comments for us. Um, thank you so much. So um, I guess, there are two main things that I usually say in my inspirational speaking events. And um, one would be that don't wait until you're older to succeed. You do not have to wait until you grow up for the millennials. You do not have to wait until you grow up uh, to succeed. And for those of you who are already adults, you don't have to wait any longer to succeed. And that – oh, go ahead. No, um, and that. I mean, I love it. Thank you. And that you don't have to wait and that um, and that you only fail when you give up and that mistakes are just a part of the journey. So just dust off, get right back up and going to whatever it is that is your passion, whether you're a kid or an adult. And then my second thing is um, for a lot of teens and millennials is to um, is that success does, in fact, take hard work. And I think that a lot of teens and millennials these days really need to know this um, because it doesn't come by accident, not even close. Um, it really, really comes by working hard. And when you do, then you will reap the rewards. Um, and then also for contact information, you can um, you can contact me. Uh, visit my website www.arianafox a r i a n n a f o x dot com. Um, you can email me at a fox 
at arianafox.com. Um, and you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at afoxauthor, A-F-O-X, and then author. Um, and then on LinkedIn and YouTube as simply Ariana Fox. And then also – Oh, yeah. And, um, and for Jean Russo – you can contact her with uh, speaking in su- speaking of success, and she can give the, that contact information, which I don't know offhand. Um, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, you're hired. When are you going to write a book for me, uh, Miss Amazing young lady. I just love and have enjoyed this last hour of listening to you and your parents and talking about the great things that you're doing for this country. I am going to sit back and enjoy watching your name all over the world. And thank you so much. And, again, oh, also, another thing is thank you so, so, so much for um, having me on here. It's such an honor. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. It was you no, know, it was our pleasure, our honor to yeah. have you, and we thank Miss Jean uh, for bringing you on and sharing. And we absolutely want you to come back again and enjoy some more time with us. This has been outstanding. Uh, you have made our Monday very marvelous. <laughs> so thank, thank you so, you so much. Thank you very much. Okay, Miss Rihanna and Mr. Arthur and Miss, we're going to move over to the second half of our show, and of course we're going to talk about. Bloody Sunday, and we're going to talk about Selma, Alabama, and our trip down from Tyler, Texas. Uh, it was an amazing trip to journey down there, and I think we have a couple that's on from off the bus. Uh, I hope that we did not lose anybody, but we I think we a Minister Major's on, and he was on the bus. He was on the historical bus. Minister Major, how are you? Good evening. How are you doing? Good evening. How you doing? I'm just sitting up here listening, doing some homework. Oh, okay. So you heard our our last guest at the uh, tender age yes, of thirteen. <laughs> Let me tell you, I I feel like I need to get out there and get busy after there listening to Miss Ariana. She is she is amazing, young lady. Yeah, but we yes, we're gonna talk is. a little bit. Yeah, she she's really something else. And I think we have Miss Latrina Bagley on. And Miss Latrina, if you're there, press one or open up your phones. You probably was on mute, so open up your phone lines. And we're going to talk about our trip to uh, Selma, Alabama. It was uh, yes, outstanding. Ma'am, yes, greetings. And let me let me share with everybody that uh, Miss Latrina carried her granddaughter uh, on the trip. And and how old is your grandbaby? Eleven. She's 11 years of age, wow. and so she's a star. She is actually a star now because she was able to experience. have communication with Miss Stacy Abrams, and she has oh, a wow. photograph with Miss Stacy. Uh, let me tell you, Miss Rihanna and Mr. Arthur, it was outstanding to be there uh, to walk across that bridge once again. As you know, uh, five years ago, we carried a uh, a, a chartered bus down to, I think we, we carried about 57 down there uh, five years ago, and we had about 50 on the bus today, 48 guests, and then our two bus drivers. And so Miss um, Latrina and Minister Major was both on that bus. And so we want to hear from them. Uh, we, we'll start with Miss Latrina. Tell us what your granddaughter at the tender age of 11, what that was like for her uh, to be able to take photographs and say hello to Miss Stacy Abrams. Go ahead. She uh, told me, she said, oh, Grandma Trina, Stacy asked 
Stacey uh, Abrams is here. We saw her. We could not get into the Brown uh, Chapel AME Church because there were so many people. So we were outside, and we were watching her on the monitor. So we watched the in her entire speech. So afterwards, um, we kind of just hung around there at the church, and all of a sudden she just came out. And, I mean, she just <laughs> walked out, and we were like, there she is. So she was just <laughs> so nice. My granddaughter asked, can, can I take a picture of you? She said, no, ma'am. You can't take a picture of me, but you can take a picture with me. <laughs> That's so, outstanding. And so she, they, you know, she took the picture and she talked to her, and she was just, I mean, she, she's just a nice, nice down to earth lady. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, she is. She is beautiful. And for those of, I'm sure everybody should be uh, familiar with Bloody Sunday, but it was an entire week of activities that were going on there, and everybody was there. The only person that I never saw or heard that was there all the presidential candidates that was there except Bernie Sanders. I don't believe he was there. And, uh, no. and the, uh, yes. Okay. But everybody else was there and they were, they were interacting along with uh, uh, Congressman John Lewis, uh, Jesse Jackson, and just all kinds of people from all over uh, the nation was right there they were honoring uh, the Divine Nine, as many of you know, the Divine Nine, which Mr. Arthur is part of the Divine Nine. He is my fraternity brother, and so he's a member of AFIA. And so um, so it was probably about, oh, my goodness, uh, how, Minister Major, how many do, would you say you came into the school uh, gymnasium. About how many people would you say was in the school gym- gymnasium of all of the fraternities and sororities uh, in as members of the Divine Nine? About how many people do you think was in that gymnasium? It had to be well over fifteen hundred. Oh, I, I think say more than that. Been, oh, I say well no. over. I know the fire yeah, code you know, Oh, you're going to have to go yeah, to the highest. And, and what I heard on the media, and, 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 and what I saw on the media, what they were saying, they saying it's about 5,000. And that was out on That's the bridge. That's more so. like it right there. That's more like it. I guess that about. Oh, there was more than 1,500 in that gymnasium. I guess yeah, there was about. Was more than 1,500, but I know the yeah. fire code would have been violated, you know. <laughs> Not on the bridge. Yeah. Not, not right, out on the bridge. No, not, not out on the bridge. Yeah, on, on, the, big, yeah. No, on, on the, the bridge. Yeah, on the bridge. Probably about, about twenty thousand people out there or more. Oh, oh, on the on the bridge. I think I think yeah, the report the said it was about twenty thousand people. There, yeah, it, it was about twenty thousand more out there on the bridge. But in the gym, it was it, it was packed to capacity. It, it was it, uh, yeah, packed to packed. There was people sitting on the floor, standing around the walls. Uh, and they had chairs lined up in there, and then they were and the bleachers. They people were they were all outside. For those that could not get inside, uh, Mr. Arthur, they were standing outside wanting to get inside. And so we were really blessed to be able to get uh, get inside of that building. But it was a it was a beautiful affair there that day. And uh, so 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 Miss um, Latrina, and then we'll go to Minister Major. So what what was your your how did you feel uh, getting on that historical bus and traveling down? As we know, uh, many people died on that bridge uh, that day during Bloody Sunday. 
uh, and uh, and not only just uh, black people, but but Caucasian people who were working hand in hand to to make sure that equality uh, was for all mankind. That we we as black people would have the opportunity to vote. That's why voting is so crucial. Voting is so important because people actually lost their lives fighting so that black folk would be able to vote. What are, what, what were your feelings, Miss Latrina? Uh, well, even actually, even uh, on the ride. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I studied. Um, we studied some black history in school, and we studied about uh, Bloody Sunday. So, for and I'm 50 years old. So, for me, back then, I was. 14 or 15, I never would have dreamed that I would have actually went and actually laid eyes on it and was there <laughs> to participate in some of the activities. So it was just wonderful. Uh, just traveling to Selma, just just going just on the bus, it was that's right. It, I, it was wonderful. It was just beautiful. It was just amazing. Yeah, it, the camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, on the bus, I mean, everybody was excited. Uh, Miss Rihanna, people packed their their lunches of goods, their music, their pillows and blankets. What I mean, it was it, it, we were like we were on vacation. What it felt like uh, of being there. We had two amazing bus drivers, very comfortable uh, uh, chartered bus and everything. But Minister Major, share with us uh, what what you your takeaway and what you felt like when we were. And he stood up and made. An amazing speech, uh, Minister Major did when he uh, he was taking up collection to for us to give a tip to our bus drivers, and so he made some wonderful remarks during that time. But share your experience with oh. us, Minister Major. Well, Dr. McKellar, once again, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. You know, I'm, I've been living for five decades now, and I never experienced anything like that. And I was excited from the moment the bus left. And when I got there, I was able to help a lady up the steps with a wheelchair. And, you know, everybody was just yes, united. Were. It was a beautiful thing. And I had chills. And when it was time to march across the bridge, you know, goosebumps came over me. And the reenactment that they did with children laying out on the bridge, and we had to walk over mm-hmm. them. Oh man, it, it it was an amazing uh, uh, feeling. It, it was a monumental moment for me, and I, yeah. and I really enjoyed it from the beginning to the end. And I'm still in awe about it. And that that wouldn't have never uh, took place for a person like me without you. And I, and I'm pretty sure others would say the same. So we're very grateful for you for that opportunity that we could go down there and be a part of history. And not only be a part of it, but witness what went on during the uh, struggle to get our people to vote. Oh, it was amazing. They had all kind of different programs down there, and people was everywhere. Uh, everyone got along really well. Wasn't no tension. Everybody just enjoyed themselves. It was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. And the whole week was like that. Great. I I think I just got a message from Miss Rihanna that Bishop Bishop Hillary is on. Bishop, good evening. How are you? Well, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. How are you? <laughs> We're great. Thank you. Yeah, I I hope. I'm sorry. Did you did you hear our first guest on early on, Bishop? Were you I on did. at that time? I uh, did. Was that 
good. Was that young lady amazing? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she absolutely. was. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, we're we're talking about the Selma trip that we took at Bishop once again. You know, we we charted the bus five years ago and carried uh, people from Tyler uh, in East Texas down, and so we were able to do re- reenact it for, again for the fifty fifth. And uh, thinking that, of course, that the bridge was going to be renamed. And so we found out when we got there uh, that they're still in negotiating stages to, re- to rename that bridge and name it after Congressman Jen Lewis. But it was wow, outstanding. That's, that's something I, you know, that's amazing. Will, uh, will the congressman be there? He was there. He was there. He was there. Okay, great. Yeah, he was, he was there, but he did so, not walk across the bridge. But all the others, uh, they actually, all the others actually walked a, across the bridge. But he did make it. He he was on the podium and and on the stage and made a made a speech right at the uh, at the base of the uh, bridge. Beautiful speech. You know, it, it, what's amazing is that all of those feats that we have been able to accomplish in the fifty years. 55 years um, of civil rights are being just wiped away. Yes. And I'm here with one of the professors, uh, a theologian, and I was asking him, you know, as he's going through getting his paperwork together to do his assignments, I asked him, I said, you know, uh, Professor, what do you find as one of the most difficult tasks when you're dealing with young people and their disbelief or their rejection of Organized institutional religion And he had uh, Most profound uh, Answer um, mm-hmm. I, I, Professor how are you I'm fine how are you doing Welcome to the show Thank you very much uh, Why don't you introduce yourself And, and tell the people where you're a professor uh, My name is Dr. Arthur Gray And I'm a professor at Vanguard University And you teach I teach uh, uh, Old Testament survey to undergraduate students as well as graduate students. I teach uh, business law, introduction to business, and macro and microeconomics. So when I ask the question, uh, what do you think is the biggest obstacle, or what do you think it is that uh, helps the young millennials to feel comfortable with rejecting institutional uh, religion or religion on an institutional basis? Well, most of the students I deal with who are in the um, 18 to 23, 24-year-old range, uh, they reject uh, organization or or institutions, and they are more committed to relationships. And so they will they will connect with a, with an institution, but it's got to be done through a relational experience, not just the institution in and of itself. They don't have a a commitment or an allegiance to just an institution in and of itself. It has to be connected to a relationship first because they've grown up. Um, being connected with, with other people in their in their same age range and community, and so they're very much committed to uh, relationships. They'll, they'll forego a large organizational service, and yet they'll be more connected to a smaller uh, relational group setting, uh, connecting to Jesus that way. That's what most of them do. Thank you. He had the most pro- profound, prolific uh, 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 answer when he also explicated that you know, they have little small study groups, uh, Dr. McKellar. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I brought this up is because right now 
we are embarking on an election that is going to change things for the next 50 or 60 years. It's either going to set things back or it's going to set things in place that will be an obstacle for another 50 or 60 years. And I was thinking to myself, how do you get to these young people and talk to them and let them know how important it is uh, to uh, not only exercise their right to vote, but to get involved? And, uh, you know, the church used to be the place. You know, you being a first lady, you know better than a lot. You know, you've been in church uh, all your life. You, you instill that into your children. That's why the first segment talking about uh, the woman who was reading to her baby while she was pregnant important right most parents. and we we know through scriptures how you teach them when they're young is how they'll uh, they'll know that way should they get off that path they have a they have a, a platform to go back to when you look at us as a people and i don't just mean african americans i mean us as a people right now we are a very 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 um oh, separatist Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the unity and even the messages that are going out. The, the the message isn't what it used to be. So, Dr. McKellar, I'm sitting here and I, you know, I'll pick the brains mm-hmm. of the professors because sometimes yeah. I just say, you know, how, how do we go back? How, how do we, what, what do we do to change it, you know? So, uh, I applaud your, your, uh, uh, efforts to bring great guests like you had. And uh, please know that even though I was engaged, I was listening. But uh, I just have to ask some of these old heads. You know, we go to the elders. Isn't that isn't that what you, you go to the elders to see? That's find it. out what the, old, what the elders were thinking. That's right. Other than that, I'm just getting ready to vote tomorrow. And um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're laughing. No, I have not, not voted it's, yet. It's I here. It's Listen, here. I waited. I'm gonna tell you something. Okay, I waited. To vote because that was smart. It's that, that was important. smart. That was well, look, smart. Two, two of the people, or not just two, lots of the people are gone. That's true. And if I had voted prior to today, I could have wasted <laughs> a vote if I would have been voting for one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about yeah. it. If I would have voted for right. Booty that would have been that would have I would have been out because he's out. You know, mm-hmm. I voted for, and, and I did like uh, Tom. Tom Sawyer. You know, people don't mm-hmm. re- realize, but he started the recall on uh, on Trump more than mm-hmm. two That's years true. ago. He That's went true. on petitions dot uh, uh, org, and he started those petitions. I just mm-hmm. think that he failed to connect to the political uh, machines that have been established. Uh, you know. Uh, and hopefully, right. if he gets all of those people that signed his petitions, and he galvanized them as troops, will have a, a change in the White House. Yeah, I that's think for sure. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. So other than that, well, how are you doing? They, I, I'm great, Bishop, and and all of them, all of them were in Selma, Alabama. Uh, well, all of them except uh, Bernie Sanders, like I said. So they they showed yeah. up. And, and well, they, they there are a lot of people. A lot of people that are with. The civil rights. I mean, Bernie. He said he marched with Martin Luther King, and I'm, you know, of course he did. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe he thinks that that's enough. You know. 
Never enough, I just, never I just have a I just have a question for those people that I know we have a lot of Bernie uh, 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 Sanders supporters, supporters on your show. Mm-hmm. On the show, sure. um, mm-hmm. all I wanted to say is, why is his his name Marquis still independent? Because he's independent, uh, Bishop. He he's he is independent. Because well, he, he is independent. independent. Then he should yeah. run independent. Don't well, come well, over to the election. But you know we really do have a two-party system in this country, and that's why we he, have a two-party uh, system. But it, it becomes a one-party system when people come over and hijack votes from a party <laughs> to which they don't believe <laughs> in anyway. <laughs> Okay. If you're independent, no, no, because there is an independent party. No, independent no, party, I, I, I'm with you. Several, with you. several elections, independent candidates have been able to raise attention and awareness on the need for an independent party. But I just think that it is it is um, counterproductive for a person to say I'm uh, independent. I'm independent, and I I intend to vote my independence. When it comes down to things that are a part of your party, however, for the sake of being able to run for president, I'm going to come over and right. pretend to be a part of your agenda and get people to see things my way. Well, I, I just hmm. I, I'm against that because right. what he can do is he can do exactly what Perot did um, and screw up an election. And uh, uh, I'm pretty sure, see, because once he, if he does not get the nomination, how can you assure that you can motivate the people to go and vote anyway? Right. And we do know that the last time that was a big issue. That was and a big issue. Risked, and a lot of them set issue. out, Bishop. Exactly, exactly. And, and, I, and I feel like if you truly are concerned about just the issues, you should have ran as an independent. If you felt that you was cheated last time, well, let's, 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 let's explore that. Was it cheating or was it just saying, you know, you're not really a part of our party? Because on the yeah. last 17 votes, you voted against the party and you maintain your independence. Right. right. You know? So, uh, and I, and I, I not, think it was the latter, Bishop. I, I, I firmly believe that it, it was the latter from just interviewing people, talking to people uh, in every direction, people coming on radio, making comments. I, I think it's the latter that people right. were looking at and looking at well, the Facebook comments. Well, you know, and then I, I want to say this for those people who don't, you know, get it. Uh, Bernie Sanders was able to rise in the polls when they found out that Russia was cheating for him. Okay, well, how did they cheat for him? They went on and they exacerbated uh, the people being behind him. And I, I, I don't want to say that Americans are fickle. I don't want to say that they are, you know, uh, are politically functional retards. But they tend to have, in the past, go with the flow. So. I will ask this question to those individuals who want to mock my position. What did Russia do to cheat for him? And there have been, and then there wasn't elections. What did they do? They had to have tried to influence people through social media. And once mm-hmm. people have been influenced, they think, okay, if Bernie is going to win, if you put out 
false propaganda that Bernie is the candidate, Bernie's going to win, then people tend to throw, oh, okay, I'm going to jump along the wagon, the wagon and, and go with him. If it wasn't for Congressman uh, uh, Clyde coming out mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. out and doing his endorsement, a very heartfelt endorsement, and saying, hey, listen, yeah. I don't know where everybody else stands, but I know this man. We know this man. This man stood beside Barack Obama as his mm-hmm. vice president, and he had our back. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to denounce anybody else's role. I'm That's just right. saying we know him, and we know what he has done, and we know what he's willing to do. It's easy to come along and say, uh, hit the heart strings of people, you know, and, and then also touch their personal. Uh, needs. I'm going to make your debt disappear from college. But yeah, that's wonderful. Of course, I'd jump along too if I had a bunch of college debt. Okay? Yeah. But, yeah. But, the chances, but when you say if Bernie was to be elected president, and let's just say that the Democrats were upset about this independent president now, okay. would he have the support of a Republican Senate? No. Would he have the support right. of a jaded Democrat Congress? No. no. So how would he pass this, these bills that he wants to pass to wipe out your debt? He has to go to Congress for that. It wouldn't happen. There you go. So, there you, go. So, so, you know, and then uh, I'm going to break this down for those people that, you know, just don't get it. Number one. Well, you're analyzing it well. You're doing it right. I'm okay, go saying, ahead. I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, let's just talk about the medical. Uh, I was an emergency trauma tech for uh, mm-hmm. several years, more than four years mm-hmm. while I was in college. That's how I afforded myself to go to school. I worked at mm-hmm. the emergency room there at UC Davis Medical Center in right. Sacramento, California. Also worked at Kaiser North and Kaiser South in Sacramento, California in the emergency room. There were patients right. that would come in. The law said that we had to stabilize those patients. Even if yep. they didn't have Kaiser Permanente and they came That's in their right. emergency room, we had to stabilize them before transferring them to a county facility. When they That's came right. into UC Davis Medical Center, even if they had Blue Shield, Blue Cross, we had to stabilize them. So there are people who did not have medical insurance then and still don't have medical insurance. That's it. If they have a emergency, whether it's an accident or not, they can go to the emergency room and get help. There are also right. laws in states other than California that if you are in the hospital being treated for anything, they cannot release you to the That's streets, right. which mm-hmm. means that you have to get the social services in the hospital to get this person a place to be stabilized, which means that right. if they're not, if, they're not uh, uh, if they don't have a place to go, they can go to a nursing home or a care facility. Uh, if 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 they if they need a place to stay, they will put them on a section eight, or they will find a place for them to go. But you can't take them while they're still being treated, and just dump right. them off on the street. So, um, some of this universal care that he's talking about, uh, that would be a no fly, no go anyway. There are uh, people like yourself that have been in the uh, business of building hospitals. 
that know that there are certain procedures and there's money available to do that. There's also foundations and, 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 and funding sources to do that. And every community has the resources, uh, if there's no more than getting the philanthropic uh, 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 foundations, to donate money to, to open up these hospitals and are these right. uh, 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 urgent care facilities. So there are some things that are being said that the people are just jumping on the bandwagon and realizing, okay, how are you going to pay for it? I, I mean, it sounds good. There you, go. it's a, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds great, but how are you going to pay for it? And how do you say, if you're Elizabeth Warren, that I'm going to do all of the things that I want to do and I'm going to make the billionaires and the tree and the uh, their corporations pay for it? No, you won't, because there's nothing in our Constitution that says that if you're a billionaire or if you are a multi-billionaire, that the government can take your money and just do what they want to do with it. They, they will take their money. Dr. McKellar, and they would get the hell out of America. Yeah. And when you, and, and they would go and they would put their money somewhere else, and then they would come back to America when they wanted to. It would not be uh, uh, made to pay for all of this outlandish stuff that this woman has okay. just decided that she's going to do as president. Uh, I think that as the people who are uh, educated, the people that are socially conscious. They start thinking, they say, listen, what Biden can do as a moderate is he Mm -hmm. can reach over to the other side. And what Kamala Harris did, which I was vehemently against, try to attack this man because he was able to, uh, in the 80s, get things passed uh, that ordinarily wouldn't pass if you didn't have somebody on the other side. Uh, A little history lesson. There was a president Mm -hmm. by the name of Ronald Reagan. He served two terms. Ronald Reagan right. had a uh, Speaker of the House by the name of Tip O'Neill, a Democrat, right. a very strong Democrat. And they would fight like the Dickens, able to meet and get things done. That's what yeah. Congress and the executive branch and the Senate is supposed to do, to say, okay, there is a happy medium and – this is what we can do to get it paid for. So much time. It's not happening now, Bishop. It's not happening now. You know why? Yes. Because because what I'm about to say may get a few people upset, particularly on my side of the bench. But the Republicans allowed for somebody just like yes. Sanders to hijack the damn party. Somebody who wasn't had, who didn't have any allegiance to the Republican Party is now speaking for the Republican Party. And you got idiots saying that unless the president will say something, I ain't going to move. I ain't going to even read the bill until mm-hmm. the president tells me what to think. He tells me what to think, when to think, how to think, and what to eat. Well, I don't need a senator like that. And I'm hoping that Mitch will find a new place to do uh, uh, his, his, his retirement besides, besides yes. the Senate. Because – that was a person who stood up before President uh, Trump was elected and said that he's unfit. Right. To serve. And we want we want Lindsey Graham to find him a place too. Bishop. Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. We want and Louis the retarded. Louis the retarded Gomer is only one of four people that would vote against. Uh, Lynching bill. Anti-lynching bill. Yeah. Uh, anti. Well, yeah, anti. Well, we know it have been lynching us for what they want. Mm-hmm. This bill. Yeah. 
every in the yeah. Congress, there's 200 people that say that if you lynch a person, that is considered a hate crime. Yeah. Okay? Just simple as that. If you lynch, if you tie somebody up to a tree, drag their body up, right. that's the, the, the historic that's, that's a hate racism hate involved right. in that. The hate right. that right. you have to have to, in order to choke someone to death by a lynching is a hate crime. Yes, One is. that has yes, been outlawed in every state in the union. What would make hmm. this man feel comfortable enough to represent you and I and others in Texas and say to lynch someone isn't a hate crime? Well, that Bishop, is the let me, hardest, let me say this, Dr. McKellar, because when you run against this idiot, there's people that are listening that still thought that he had some type of brain in his raggedy head. <laughs> There's nothing that would that would allow me to go back to East Texas and right. to say this is my congressman. They should have been wow. people out there uh, uh, picketing at his yeah. 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 office. I yeah. digress. I agree. And, and when the when the TV people called and asked me to come and do an interview about what I felt. I I was honored. I'm going to tell you why I was honored. I was honored because they recognized that the wrong person is still sitting there and the person who should have been in that seat was sitting in their studio. Fox News called me and asked me to interview, and I did uh, with them. It it makes no. We we have what 435 Congress people, and we should have had 435 to zero votes for that bill. And this guy says, I didn't vote for it because it wasn't enough time. That made no sense to me, because 10 years is better than no years of giving to somebody for a hate crime such as lynching. But that's how he thinks. And so hopefully people will get busy and get this guy voted out. And I said to them, and please call him and tell him that Shirley McKellar said that and that I'm going to have my boots on the ground out there working for somebody to get him out of that seat because mm-hmm. he needs to go home. That's ridiculous. Now, Dr. McKellar, I don't – go ahead. I knew you yes, had something to say. I don't recall, I don't recall that – I don't recall that same fellow that you just talked about offering an amendment – to make uh, there you go, you know, more time. I don't recall him offering to work with anybody who authored that bill. He's always got some ridiculous complaint about excuse for why he doesn't do this or why he does do that. It never makes any sense, and you can tell by his cl- uh, track record he doesn't work. He does not go there to work. He just no. goes there to keep the dust off that seat. And he goes crazy. there to co- he goes there to collect a paycheck, Mr. Anna. To collect and a paycheck and, 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 and yeah. boss cops around. <laughs> it's yeah. true. And and what I I said to the people in the interview is that he must understand eventually that 
we don't work for him. He works for us. We pay his salary. And when we mm-hmm. stop paying that salary, we need to stop paying his salary and give it to somebody that's going to be working on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was I was just troubled when I saw that this guy did not vote for this bill. And the lame excuse that he used mm-hmm. in order to not vote for the bill. Troubled but not uh, surprised, comment, right? I, I, yeah. I think it was four people that, that did not vote for it. Four, mm. four Republicans that just Despicable. didn't think that it was important enough. I think I heard Minister Major in the background saying, I think I heard, oh, oh no, that was Mr. Arthur. Mr. Arthur, come on in. I know that you have some comments in regards to this. Unmute your phone, Mr. Arthur, if you're still there. Uh, Minister Major, that may have been your, your, your grunting. I saw, I heard, I thought can I heard you hear me now? In. Yes, I can, can you hear you. There you go. Yes, yes, go ahead. We, we were talking yeah, about Bishop was laid out the anti, the, well, the lynching bill, and then he also yeah, talked about the presidential candidate. So uh, go ahead with whatever comments that you have. Uh, yeah, 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 I posted on that. Yeah, Louis want to hang y'all down there. I, I sure hate that. Uh, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about Louis wanting to hang y'all down there? That's one question I want to ask you, Shirley. I'm going to I'm going to be out there tomorrow pushing. We have we have someone that's running against him, uh Hank Gilbert, and so uh we're going to be pushing people to get to the polls to vote this guy out. And that that's how we can just continue to ask people that don't forget that he is not working on our behalf. And and East Texas, we we got to wake up and do better by voting well, he's, he's allowed businesses to close. He's allowed. He's, he's voted allowed. against women, uh, the Ledbetter Act. He's voted yeah. against or uh, 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 voted with the travel ban. He was, I mean, yeah. this guy has voted against every person in those communities. When those farmers was was down there suffering, he was on the mm-hmm. other side. Yes. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, them really needing to give those farmers some type of aid in order for them to keep the vote in Texas, they would be in a, in a, in a, in a trick bag right now. But the man's a racist. Yeah, he's more than a racist. He's a, he's a, he's a misogynist. No, he just, he's a no, racist. No, no, he's a no, clan no, member. No, no, he's just a racist. He's just a racist. And, and well, he's more than a racist. He's, he's, well, okay. Because well, women, we can be women, women happen to be a sex. So, if he's a racist, that he, he may not have a problem with. When you vote against the the the, the crime, I mean the uh, Ledbetter Act, that was to say that his daughter, my daughter, and anybody else's daughter shouldn't be paid the same amount as me. That's right. Yeah. So I ain't gonna argue with no black man over Louis. I ain't gonna do it. But anyway, look, I want to say about some other candidates that she was just asking me about. Uh, uh, surely it, it wound up being the, the, the top three we was talking about: uh, Biden, Bernie, and and, and my girl. And, and like they and and this bitch, she gonna have to drop out if she don't win her home state. She don't win her home state. She got she got to drop out. So yeah. what do you think is this is going to happen now? now? Now I voted again. You know I, I split the baby. I voted for Elizabeth. Of course, of, of course, of course. Yesterday it was a different election. It's going to be tomorrow. So, 
So how do you think it's going to work? You know, you know, uh, Buttigieg got out. Uh, 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 Klobuchar got out. So you got big money man. What's his name? Uh, uh, Bamboozle uh, Bloomberg. Got Bamboozle <laughs> Bloomberg with all his money sitting there. Just trying to buy people's small authority. So now we got and Elizabeth, like I said, if she don't win, she got to go. I mean, if she don't win her own her her, her home state, she got to go. So it's gonna come down to her and it's gonna come to Bernie and and Biden. So out of those two, Shirley, who you think we're gonna wind up with? Or do you have a different Biden. scenario? Biden, and that's my guess. Biden, Biden my guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Biden. Mhm. So, so you saying so that Biden? Who thinks so? Missiana? I think Trump thinks so, too, because at his <laughs> latest rally, yeah. he was going around saying that the Democrats are going to do a coup to get Bernie. He's calling, you know, of course, everything's a coup except for the actual coup, coup he's a part coup. of. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so he's already setting it up to make the Bernie people angry if Bernie doesn't get the nomination because that mm-hmm. worked so well last time. So yeah, so he's—I think he's afraid of that too. And Ron, Senator Ron Johnson, all of a sudden, now that Biden has won South Carolina and is up in Texas and California polling, uh, all of a sudden he finds it just important that he um, apply for uh, subpoenas for documents uh, for the Hunter Biden made-up scandal. <laughs> mm. That's become really important today. So that's just a little tidbit of information on that. Well, the problem wow. I got with Bernie, though, the problem I got with Bernie, though, is because the Russians have been helping him, just like they did last time. That's right. And, that's and right. you know, I just, again, you know, I didn't like the last time they did it. So I'm still trying, you mm-hmm. know, so basically, you know, and, and, and he's really not, a, you know, he, he say he ain't a Democrat. So, uh, you right. know, basically, I'm not sure if. And I'm with everybody else. I'm not sure if, if he would if he could pull a house along in the Senate. We need to flip the Senate. Getting rid of Trump is just yeah. getting rid of the symptoms. The problem is right. Mitch McConnell and the folks that own the, the, the right. Senate and so forth. That's where the damage is being done. So we don't need to get bamboozled by thinking we get rid of Trump, all all the stuff is over. That's it. That's right. Well my last my That's last Bishop uh, says every Saturday. position we have to get at least six seats in the Senate. Then it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Because they can yeah. they can impeach and even file charges for treason and put mm-hmm. him in place where he needs to be. Uh, it, it, the, the, the saddest thing is that a lot of the damage has already been done uh, with the uh, Supreme Court and with all of the, the positions that has been – these judges have been put in place even in the Ninth Circuit. You know, um, mm-hmm. when I say that there's going to be a 30 to 50 years – these people have been put on the bench, you know, so and they will not be removed unless they die. And, yeah. you know, when you get ready to appeal your case, when you get ready to go and seek justice, those, those appellate courts, uh, those circuit courts, they matter. And it's unfortunate yeah. that he went to the most liberal courts to have them replaced. He replaced the ninth circuit. And if you, anybody know anything about the circuits, you know, people would leave out of the out of out of one state and come all the way down to the Ninth Circuit to file their paperwork just so they can get justice. You know, right? And uh, to know that that's changed, you know, uh, uh, it's a fast state of affairs. 
You know, Dr. McKellar, I want to ask you a question because a lot of people, they, they, they really don't get it when it comes to what happened. I tell people that African Americans used to vote Republican, and mm-hmm. many of them, including uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and his dad, uh, were right. registered Republicans. Uh, when the New Deal came in with uh, Roosevelt, we, we, that, that's exactly what it was, a New Deal saying that we will give you benefits, we will give you equal justice, equal applied justice. We'll give you an opportunity to go to school in state schools throughout the union and mm-hmm. be able to get you a degree. There's no more need for us to fight you or no more need for you to have uh, just uh, African-American uh, schools and our colored schools or Negro schools or Negro college, colleges. Uh, we integrated. We also, when, when, when uh, Kennedy came along and he was having issues because he was a Catholic, and his right. handlers decided that, listen, we had better reach out to the black churches and the black ministers and pull them to our side. There was a surge in registration for blacks that weren't registered that got registered. There were people to switch parties from the Republican Party to the Democrat Party. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at the the map as it is today, most of those Dixiecrat states are now Republican red states. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though there are people that would come on on, on Fox and even on MSNBC, and say, no, there was not a change. There was a change. The parties yeah. changed. People yeah. did no more than yeah. just change their parties. Because you can't tell me that the Republicans that are Republicans today were the Republicans of yesterday. That's right. That's right. Okay? Right. <laughs> you, look, yeah. you look at those southern states, and you say, okay, these are not the people that, I mean, and, and do they want your freedom? No, no, they don't want your freedom. So, the, the conversation has got to be had, and people are going to have to recognize, yeah. okay, do I want to be a part of a party that is fighting for the people? And I try yeah. to have this conversation in communities like West Virginia when I say, yeah. listen, you do have a lot to lose because mm-hmm. if you have five generations of black lungs and your only reason for I mean, then you're dying is that the lack of, of, of uh, medical. Here is one party trying to give you medical. Yeah. While yeah. Sarah, yeah. at the same time, trying to clean up and give you a new. I, I remember when, 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 when Obama first started going down to West Virginia and Ohio and the Appalachian. And when you mm-hmm. go through the, there, they have this ginseng that grows freely. Under his administration, mm-hmm. they allowed them to cut the ginseng. And sell it. Okay. They told them, listen, we're not going to just close these mines. Right. Because you're dying. But we're going to give you a whole new industry. Almost mm-hmm. every energy drink that you get, you look at the. That's uh, right. Look at the. Got some ginseng in it. Got some ginseng in it. You know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just want people to recognize that, you know, what are you getting from the part? Are you wearing the red hat? Are you wearing the red hat just because you hate? <laughs> are you wearing the red hat because you really thought. There will be some changes. I have a new book coming out, Dr. McKellar, and it will show mm-hmm. 
that the only thing that changed as far as making America great is bringing the middle class all the way down to a working class and to have that working class to become homeless. The wow. only greatness mm. is the Great Depression. I mean, statistics, yeah. they, they keep up coming with these statistics, how the economy is going. I said, listen, I just went to a 95% fail at Barney's of New York in Beverly Hills. Okay. 95%. Okay. Everything had to be sold, and I got some good things. 90, 95%. Yes, because wow. the bankruptcy court said everything had to be sold. Nothing could leave. Everything had to be wow. sold. But, but the point is, is that if the economy is so great, why are these, these great yeah. institutions yeah. shutting down, yeah. going bankrupt? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why are all these places going bankrupt? So the economy has not, is not in good standing. And it has been proven one time, two times, and you can even fact find it. They won't even allow you to put it on Facebook. If you put on Facebook that our president, Trump, is the reason why this economy is doing as well as it is doing, it, the fact check will come back and say, no, this is not true. This is not a fact. And no matter what outlet it comes from, they will tell you this is not true. Right. What, what, what's your and but, but this is, hey, the, hey, hey, let me say this about The sad quick. part it about it, about. though, is that people still, Bishop, people still believe that. I don't care how much facts that we give. There are people in that Republican Party who will not sure. accept the facts. Yes, sure. Sure. I say this because, like, say you know, and I said before, and I'm gonna say it again. You just, I ain't going off to the history, but the party switched suits back in the '40s during the New Deal and so forth and so on. That's when the switch, right. that's when the switch went down. Mm-hmm. Now, right. all, all, all the races did not leave the Democratic Party. All the races didn't leave. Right. A bunch of them stayed. A bunch of them still here. So if you're gonna be in either one of the parties. If you want to try to pretend one, and, and I'm telling anybody in particular, I'm just saying, you're going to be in these parties. If you don't understand as racist in both of them, yeah, what they call themselves, then and, and then you know you, you if you're in Democrat party, well, ain't no race over here. Well, you know then you just out, you're a fish out of water. So you need to really, uh, you don't know where you at. Now I'm independent myself. I vote my interest, which is basically Democrat. Okay, uh, but, but basically, like I, you know, I, like I, like I quit doing Democratic Party about twenty years ago. Well, actually, about twenty-two. Well, I guess it was twenty-five years ago. But basically, I'm just saying that. But you know, but I'm gonna vote my interest. But we need to understand that that, that you know, Democratic the race in Democratic Party. I'm sure, I'm sure what they do. Well, I, I don't think that this individual. My, my statement was not made as an individual. My statement is made right. by policy. And I, right. I'm not there's there's racist in every institution that we have no, I'm talking in America. Culturally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, referring to, I'm, talking I'm referring to the policies that and the laws that's coming out of the party, and which policies that are coming out of those policies become laws that have encroached on the rights and the freedoms of those the people. And right now, well, when I say rightly, okay, well let me address that. But let me address that. Well, when I address that on the Democratic side. My my question to them is the policies I don't see coming out, which is just yeah. as racist, because they yeah. ain't coming out. And just because they put something out, okay, that's okay. They did put something out. But it's a lot of stuff they ain't putting out. I call that racist. I agree with you. Now, you don't have a – hey, mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a Democrat, so I would definitely 
not be advocating that there's no racism in the, in the in the party. If there was if there was right. no racism in the party, they would probably have an African American that would be still on the stage. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> when you're not receiving money, and you say we, and they say we. Well, we're still receiving monies, and our that's why our campaigns are still going forward. And you just voter suppression, voter suppression, voter suppression. Uh, you know, straight up voter suppression. Now that's clear as anybody's mama can see. Okay, Democratic Party know that, but yet, <laughs> right? You know, they do all these other things <laughs> like yeah. no big deal. Now, to yeah. me, that's racist. That's racist. Well, that's racist by omission. That's racist by omission. Not at the table, then you don't have a say so at all. So. That's oh, I got to say so when I'm at the table. Right. Unfortunately, well, well, unfortunately so. we are all not you. So I'm referring oh, okay. to when I say, when I, you know, because if we just put on an individual basis, that's just one person. But when we're talking about a whole group of people in a society, we, then it doesn't we have a you, just your experience. We have a say. Because we have a say. I mean, you're we fine, but we're not fine. We have more. Right. Well, look here, look here. African Americans, we have a moral authority that no other group has. We have moral authority. You know what that is? That's a powerful thing. No, I don't know. Why don't you tell me what the okay, authority well, study up, is? Okay, well, study up on it then. Well, you just told me that you was going to tell me what it is. Okay, it, 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 it's an authority we have because of our, our diaspora you know, here in America. It's what's been slaves and so forth and so on. It's what's been jilted out our our equity, right, because we've been denied land ownership and so forth and so on. But yet we still persevere. Now here we are, rolling up where we are now, the third Reconstruction. We have moral authority based upon our history that no other group has. Well, well, it comes down to this. It comes down to this. How much freedom you have in America? You have no more freedom than the least black man. That's so all I you say, got. What does that moral authority gives us the authority to do? Was my question. It gives it, it gives us the authority to to present our grievances. To demand certain things for our community, because okay. because of our diaspora, because of our I, history. I would call it I would call it the Fifteenth Amendment, sir. And if you read the Fifteenth Amendment, that that's what was given to you uh, if you have uh, if you're the descendant of a chattel slave. It was very. If they gave it to me, if they gave it to me, but I want to make my the 15th, I would like to thank you very much, sir. Fifteenth Amendment. If they were, well, 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 the Fifteenth Amendment would have gave it to me, I would have it. I don't have it, sir. Okay, so once again, thank you for your conversation, though. Uh, as I was saying, Dr. McKellar, I think that we all have a fiduciary responsibility to get out and vote. I think we have a fiduciary responsibility to, to choose our platforms, to make our platforms, and let our voices be heard. And this day, uh, the night before, the eve before, um, this Tuesday, uh, National Vote Day, particularly for here in, in, in the uh, West Coast. I would like to tell people this: uh, don't be al- don't allow other people to tell you that your vote does not count, and don't be swayed by someone telling you something that you can fact find yourself to find out is not the truth. Russia, or I should say, my friend Snowden in Russia, can put out all the propaganda <laughs> he wants to. I'll say it again. Russia or Snowden <laughs> put all the propaganda they want out there. Okay. 
But just like Fox News came around and told you, Dr. McKellar, we would like to talk to you about this. Right. Right. Truth truth be told, the truth will come out. And in this election, I'm hoping that people will recognize that if we win six seats and we convert them from Republican to Democrat and you maintain your majority in the Congress – you will make a change in America, regardless to what those college electoral votes say and regardless to who becomes the president. Don't be so focused on one thing that you miss the other. Remember, in the midterms, they had said that Congress would be flourishing with Republicans. They lost. They lost bad. They lost in Orange County, California, which was Republicanville. I am telling you, maintain the course, and you can get Mitch McConnell, Lindsey, and and all of the other retards out of office, and you can put people in office that will make a difference. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for everything, for those comments. Uh, listen, I have really enjoyed this show tonight. We we kicked off with this brilliant young lady, uh, girl Pinur, uh, 13 years of age, that's already written two books, Brilliant. working on her third book. And then we went on into our uh, Bloody Sunday, our, our amazing trip to Selma, Alabama, where we just uh, was able to sit down and relax and enjoy uh, all of the people from around the nation. That's the beauty of coming down to Selma is that you get to uh, see so many people from every walk of life uh, coming to honor. And and it's not just, I, I, I said this as I was talking to one of the persons that was on the bus, it's not just about us coming down there, taking photographs and, and eating good food and mar- walking across the bridge, but the focus the focus is truly on what our ancestors endured on Bloody Sunday when they walked across that bridge. And not just our ancestors, uh, but the ancestors of Miss Rihanna, uh, her ancestors, who walked hand in hand to try to make sure that, that we have the right uh, to vote. And so tomorrow, tomorrow, and we already heard Bishop talk about this uh, a little early on, Tomorrow, in Texas and California, we got some delegations, some large delegations. We have a lot uh, in Texas, but Bishop has more in California. So we want to make sure that we can vote some of those people because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the real deal is who sits in Congress and who sits in the Senate. Yeah, we want a responsible intelligent person that's going to represent us in foreign policy that sits in the highest office in the land, and that's the, uh, the United States president. Uh, we want to have the right person sitting in that seat that won't embarrass us, but we certainly want uh, to have the right people in Congress and in Senate. And, so, and that's why 
uh, it's good sometimes to see, even though I know that our senators uh, work really hard that they may be able to get that seat uh, as the president of the United States, but we still need some powerful people sitting in Congress and in the Senate in order to make sure that the things that we we want to happen for us in this country, uh, great health care, uh, more affordable health care, because uh, we have great health care. We just need to drive down the cost of it. And then we want to make sure that our students don't graduate uh, from college owing that major debt. And we want to make sure that the Lilly Ledbetter Act is in place and women uh, can make uh, just as much money as the next person that's sitting beside them doing the same job who happens to be of a different uh, gender than they. And all of the great things that our ancestors fought and worked for as they marched across that bridge uh, to make sure that everybody, black folk, white folk, Asians, Hispanics, doesn't matter, that we all have the same equality because we're all equal. That's my story, and I'm sticking to that one. But I want to tell you finally, let's get rid of Louis Gomer. He needs to go. And so somebody call him and tell him, Shirley McKellar said tonight on Marvelous Monday that she's going to be working hard to get him voted out of that office on tomorrow and henceforth on all the way to November. Ms. Rihanna, that's all I have. And Mr. Arthur, I don't know if you have any final comments or anything that you'd like to say. It's time for us to end the show. Uh, oh, okay, and, uh, I want to say, say, I, want to say that I enjoyed the show. Uh, and, and I want folks to know that me and, me and Bishop actually agree. He just, he, just want to, he just want to make the show a little bit more exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, you guys bring some excitement to the show. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of excitement, a little bit of dialogue. We, we, we all, we all agree that we want to to have the same thing in life, and those are some of the things that I just outlined. We just may have a different way to try to get there, but at the end of the day, we should make sure that equality exists. But we, the people of the United Amen. States of America, thank you. May God bless you. And we'll see you next week. And Miss Rihanna, now I'll turn it over to you, my child. Thank you so much. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day, when the glory comes It will be out, 
every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.